Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. You can find me on Twitter at TommyKelly44, 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, uh, open lines right right now. Um, That was weird. I just, like, clanked my teeth against each other real quick. Does that ever happen to you, Mike? You accidentally hit your te- your bottom teeth and your top teeth together? I'm sure it's happened in my 28 years, yeah. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more, considering I talk as much as I do. But it didn't just happen there. So Yeah, I mean, I guess you're a pro takesman. You know how to use your teeth. I guess so. Um, but uh, t- discussing the Eagles to start the show. Good Monday night game, by the way, between the Chargers and the Saints. Somehow the Saints lose that game. They were leading pretty much the entire time. And in the end, uh, a missed field goal. Um, by Badgley, and uh, the Saints end up winning. I knew you had your eye on the Saints bench. The Saints bench? Yeah, their backup quarterback. Yes, I well, I texted Mike. I was hoping as uh, Drew Brees is struggling, and I gotta rip Sean. I hate Sean Payton. I I really can't stand him. And hate him as a coach or just as a guy? Both, both. Okay. Um, but as a coach, and this was you know a big debate on Twitter. During the game, but I'm sorry, the Taysom Hill thing is the dumbest thing in all sports. Like, no, it's not. It is, oh, I mean, are you the dumbest you, thing in all sports? It is. It is idiotic that they use Taysom Hill as much as they do. Idiotic. He, he threw one pass, right? He's terrible. There is no reason to continually. They're running third and long plays where you have Alvin Kamara and you're running plays for Taysom Hill. You're taking the ball out of Alvin Kamara's hands so you can give it to Taysom Hill? The guy stinks. And then everybody will play the result as they have five plays that do absolutely nothing. And then Taysom Hill, down in the red zone at the end, uh, gets a well-blocked play and runs him for a touchdown. And then everybody's, oh, see, hating on Taysom Hill. Look how good. Taysom Hill stinks. I cannot stand when they bring him in a game. I think they need some sort of a change like that with the way Breeze is at, at you know this current age. Breeze oh. is not very good anymore. No, like they like Taysom Hill. If not for like the overtime Kirk Cousins drive, Taysom Hill would have been the best player on the Saints in a playoff game. They won, uh, but they didn't win it. That's that's part of the reason. If Taysom Hill's Why, your he best him, player. You're not going to win. He gave him a chance to win it. Taysom Hill stinks. I'm sorry. It's I'm not, not the dumbest thing in sports, though. It's pretty dumb. It's it's pretty dumb. And it's I don't com- really compare it to Jalen Hurts because Jay, Jalen Hurts is like actually a quarterback. Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. You're not going to use a quarterback as your punt protector. And, like, uh, they use him on defensively on special teams. Like, I, I, Taysom Hill just bothers me. He just – his presence annoys me. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I, I texted Mike because Breeze threw a pick and the Saints were down 20-3. to And I'm like, all right, one more pick and we might get – we might get a little Jameis. Um, 
I do you think Jameis is going to be the future there? Do you think he's going to be their next starting quarterback? Uh, you know, there's a chance that like Breeze is, is I think he's closer to retirement than like than he is to playing that second year of the two year deal. So I think there's a world where he can take over it immediately. If Breeze was back for a second year, I think Jameis would have probably just moved on and went to probably would have like tried to make it as a, a starter on a, on a bad team. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, there's there's a shot. Because I'll say this, I I I I didn't realize how much I liked and appreciated watching Jameis play until he's not there to play anymore. Well, you never like, knew what was going to happen. No, you do, he's he is one of the most entertaining players in the NFL. And I miss, I just miss like Jameis, uh, you know, getting really hot and completing, you know, balls all over the place. But then he gets down to the ten yeah. and he'll do the thing where he runs around, and evades a couple th- sacks, but then throws five yards right in the chest of the linebacker. Like it is so and much like, fun. And like his feet are pointing the wrong way, <laughs> yeah, and it's like his limbs just- are flying <laughs> everywhere. He does. He reminds me of one of those inflatable tube men things outside of like a car dealership. That's what he is on the field. He's so great. And I miss, I miss watching Jameis on the field. And I, every time I watch the Saints, I always forget at first, but then I look down at the sideline. There's Jameis. There is. And I just want him on the field. I want him playing football. And uh, Teddy Two Gloves made up pretty well. Moving on. He's doing great. Yeah. Matt Rule. And I'll tell you what, that Joe Brady, he is going to be a real good coach. You know what? Look at LSU right now. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're still scoring points, but well, they they got down to the they they had four places get one yard, and they would have won that game Saturday, and they failed. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I I, I do miss Jameis. Then we got Tuesday night football tonight. Uh, how about Tom McCarthy on the call, T Mac for a big national game tonight? Uh, you got the Titans and Bills. A little Tuesday night football action. There we go. Um, and Tom McCarthy on the call. So, uh. That that that'll be fun to watch and, and listen to T Mac on uh on Tuesday night. Uh 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um but talking a lot about the Eagles here uh to begin the show, and we'll get into some of the NBA stuff next segment. We really didn't talk about that at all last night, um, considering all the Eagles reaction to, you know, such a polarizing loss uh on Sunday afternoon. But um I am more optimistic about this team than I have been at any point uh, prior to the season. And, you know, I just think their outlook is dramatically different now. After this Dak Prescott injury, which is a shame, and nobody wants to see anybody who really has a heart, nobody takes joy in that kind of thing. Nobody wants to see that happen. But from a football perspective, this changes everything. I didn't think the Eagles were a playoff team before this year started. You know, I I didn't think they were a double-digit win team. I picked them to go 8-8 and and miss the playoffs. But now, they have no excuse. They should easily win this division. Easily. Andy Dalton, we know what Andy Dalton is. I know he's got weapons in Dallas, but um, Andy Dalton's average at best. Average at best. And that defense is terrible. I thought Dallas, even with how bad their defense was, if they had Dak Prescott, they could maybe score 35-40 a game and win enough games to to beat out the Eagles. I don't see that anymore. And the issues that the Eagles have, I don't know if they're correctable. I hope they are. 
I don't know beyond the shadow of a doubt they are. Um, I believe they are. And the Eagles now have time to work these things out. They have time to figure things out. And all you have to do is get in. Um, is get in, and that's half battle. Once you get to the postseason, you know, you get in the dance, you got a shot. And um, it sounds cliche, uh, but it really is the truth. And I, I am way more optimistic now than I was prior. 215-592-9494. And a big part of the reason why I do feel a lot better about this team, and it goes beyond just the Dak Prescott injury, um, but the main reason why I think this can be corrected is what we saw on Sunday from the offense and more pers- more specifically the play of Carson Wentz. Um, because, I, you know, I try not to overreact week to week in this league. It's easy to do that. We all do it in some respect. But you try not to overreact to the point where, you know, you're making these bold proclamations that one week season's over, next week, you know, everything's great. Um, but after the first three weeks, I was legitimately concerned about the play of Carson Wentz. And uh, after three straight weeks of terrible play, like those three games, Washington, Rams, Bengals, they were three of the worst games I've ever seen Carson Wentz play. Certainly the three worst games I've ever seen him play consecutively. He had that back-to-back last year against New England and Seattle where he's really bad, um, but had never played three straight games that poorly before. And I was really starting to worry about whether he wasn't the same player or, or what exactly was going on because he had regressed seemingly in so many areas. And it, it was the play that you do not expect from your franchise quarterback, a guy in his fifth year. You just can't have it. But what we have seen the last couple weeks has, in a way, renewed my faith in Carson Wentz. We, we saw glimpses in the San Francisco game. I, I thought, you know, some people were over-the-top effusive in the praise of Carson after the San Francisco game. I thought he was better. I didn't think he was great. Um, but I thought he had improved to the, to the point where, where you could have some hope that he could, you know, get back to the guy we expected to see. But uh, watching the, the game first time, and I, I rewatched a decent amount of that Pittsburgh game, it was really good from Carson Wentz. It was. And, you know, people point to the two picks, which is just ridiculous when you point to the two interceptions, especially the second one. Like, the second interception, it's fourth and 20. At the very end of the game, you're just throwing it up in the air and seeing what happens. So that doesn't mean anything to me. But you look at the first interception, um, not to make excuses, but that was a penalty. It was. It was pass interference, if the ball's in the air, at least illegal contact. And also, Zach Ertz did not do nearly enough trying to work through the contact uh, to get to that ball. Zach Ertz gave up on the route, and um, I don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz right now. But Carson Wentz and the way he played on Sunday was extremely encouraging. And that's the most important important thing to get corrected with this team. I think the defensive issues you can figure out to a certain degree. Will they be a great defense at any point this year? Probably not. But you'll expect that 
the defensive line will play better, which they must do with all the money you've poured into it. You'd expect the secondary can improve as, you know, you get more time with Darius Slay. And Will Parks, who you signed in the offseason, is expected to come back this week. And he'll probably now be the starter alongside Rodney McLeod. And maybe he can bring some more stability to that secondary. But the thing that was most worrisome was the quarterback. And I am much less worried about him now than I was prior to that Pittsburgh game. And it goes to show that if he's right, everything changes offensively for this team. You know, yeah, it helps to have weapons, and and you need guys you can rely on, but a lot of it's about the play of the quarterback and about chemistry. Carson Wentz has obviously found some sort of chemistry with Fulgham, and if he can find it with some of these other receivers, this team has a chance to be productive on that side of the ball. And I, I've regained my faith that Carson Wentz can still play at the level that we expect him to play at. Because now when you look at the Eagles compared to the rest of the division, that is the one area where they have a clear and distinct advantage against everybody else in the NFC East. Is at the quarterback position. Look at the rest of the quarterbacks in this division. Danny Dimes stinks. And the rest of that team stinks. Whoever Washington throws out there stinks. Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz. The Eagles have far and away the best quarterback in the division. And many times, when you have the best quarterback, and you're not just woefully undermanned where there's another team that is just so, um, you know, overly talented, the team with the best quarterback will most likely find a way to get it done. That's the advantage the Eagles have now. And if Carson Wentz plays the way he played last Sunday and he can do that consistently, this offense is going to be fine. And it will put this team in position to win enough games to get to the postseason and get Carson Wentz that playoff experience um, that, that he still desperately needs. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Dave in Cherry Hill. What's up, Dave? Hey, how you doing? Good, Dave. How are you? I'm very, very good. Very good. Thank you. Um, as far as the uh, Eagles season is concerned, uh, uh, I'm going to root for them to win every game in each and every game they play. But uh, I really uh, would like to see them not win the division. Uh, I'd like to see them uh, develop. This should be a, te- uh, a season of developing players. Not winning the division. Well, why why can't you do both, though, Dave? Why can't you develop players and win the division? Well, I want to see a better draft position. If they win a division, they're in the top part of the uh, of the uh, the draft pick or whatever. Yeah, and probably. If they, around... lose, if they if they win with a seven with a seven and nine, what good is that? I mean, you you never know. I mean, I I don't know. I'd rather get in the playoffs than, than miss. I just would. I'd I'd rather see the Eagles get in the postseason, and get Carson Wentz that kind of experience. Like, do you think that's valuable at all to get him that playoff experience that he has not had to this point? Uh, at this point, I don't. Uh, he's been around. He's a veteran. He's, uh, he's, he's been in playoff-type games. And, uh, no, I, I think he's just more chance of getting injured. Uh, so, so he, I mean, if there's more chance to get injured, then if, if it's a season that you think is kind of – 
um, a lost cause, then why play him at all? Well, I still want to see good football. I do want to see him win each game. I am a big Eagles fan. I think they're going to lose that Cleveland game for sure. And uh, uh, they ought to give the other the other quarterback a chance near the end of the season. Oh, I mean, Dave, I just don't. I don't know. I, I don't get. I don't get giving up on a season five games in. Like we've seen teams struggle five games in. We've seen Eagles teams struggle five games in and, and turn it around. I, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't agree with quitting on a season this early, especially in a division that is so well, imminently winnable. I can appreciate your position, mm-hmm. and uh, I felt like that uh, a lot. But uh, I didn't hate the Sixers when they tanked. And uh, and uh, as long as they, they are trying to play good football and winning and have a goal in mind, that's where I stand. Yeah, no, I, I just don't think that, that it serves a purpose. I don't think they're good enough to win a playoff game when they play the really good teams. Yeah, I got you, Dave, and I appreciate the call, and, and I get it. But I, I really do think there's a lot of overreaction that goes on early in the season. I mean, we're, what, not, I mean, not even a third of the way through this season yet? About a third of the way through? Like, so much can change over the course of a year. And I, I you compare it to the Sixers situation, it's just not comparable. Like, the leagues aren't comparable in any way. The Sixers needed to get players they could build around. In the NFL, it's not going to work the same way. I mean, the Eagles aren't in a position where they're going to be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence, even if that's the route you wanted to go, even if you didn't belong, believe in Carson Wentz or, or, or so on. I just, I don't know. The idea of giving up on a season five games in doesn't make sense to me, Mike. I agree, especially, you know, when a plow spots up for grabs. I just, I don't know how you tank with Carson Wentz. Because, okay, like, say you just bench him. And like you try and right and lose it, that way, yeah, yeah. Then, like, what, then what do you do with his contract? Like he's still under contract next year. Like what, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, let's. I, I you want to see Carson Wentz's reaction if you say, well, we want to bench you because we want to get a higher draft pick. No, teams don't do that. Like it's just like, uh, it, it five games. We're five games into the season. Right. You know, nobody should be tanking yet. Obviously, Jets, Giants. You're going to be so bad, you have no choice really. Um, but I, I just don't get it. I I want to get in the playoffs, and and five to eight slots in the draft to me isn't worth wanting to lose games. Just not. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's get Allen at the art museum in here. What's up, Allen? Hey, how you doing? So, Good. first of all, I agree with you. It is early in the season, as deplorable as we have played. Right? Yeah. You have seen you have seen teams in the past. We all know them that have had their comeuppance in the second, third, uh, to then third of third part of the season, right? I'm with you there, okay? Number one, I think that's a great point, quite frankly. Number two, um, as far as tanking goes, that does not occur in the NFL. If you start to lose your head, you, you, you're going to wind up on a, like, frankly, like, not to, but that, like, you're going to wind up on a stretcher. Like, it, it, it's that big of a deal. You have to play all out or nothing, right? It's not the NBA. It's not a tankable season, okay? Um, if you're bad, though, you're very bad, right? Uh, and unfortunately, that's the reason why I called. Um, quite frankly, to me, we can agree to disagree, uh, and we have, you know, great, you know, uh, chats, you know, when we log on here, you and I. 
quite frankly, to me, top to bottom, I see this just as a we have a trash roster, to put it mildly. It's not good. Uh, Nothing's good about it. And I think any team like the Eagles, which is not – they're just north of deplorable to me. The deplorable teams are like the Giants and the Lions. But by the way, make no mistake, we are going to finish in the top three bottom of the league in total defense, whether you want to look at it by yards or, or scoring. When this uh, when this uh, year is over, that that's a fact. You think? Wait, you think this is going to be a bottom three defense in the NFL? Bottom three? Yeah, I disagree with that. Uh, I think that's a so that's an over exaggeration. So okay, fair, right? I said we agree, disagree. My bottom three defenses are uh, Detroit, Dallas, and us. You don't put the Giants, maybe Giants in there. Mm -hmm. Who? Jets. Yeah, I, I you. I suppose so. I'll say top, bottom five. Right. I, I always forget about, you know, the Jets are so like brutal. They shouldn't even exist, quite frankly, right? I know that's like a, you know, a, a lighthearted statement, but we are going to finish truly in the bottom five in many cat- categories uh, in major, um, you know, uh, uh, used uh, statistics, uh, offense and defense. And let me say this, quite frankly, um, the last year of Chip Kelly, I hate to go back to this, 2015, we were the uh, last in the league in rushing defense by yardage giving up, okay? 32 out of 32. 2016, we were midway. We were about 15 or 16. Okay. 2017, obviously the Super Bowl year, we were number one by way far, okay? Uh and I'm not saying the run game is the end-all, be-all as far as defenses go because we know it's a passing league. But in my mind, the key to our wins the past two, two-and-a-half years were the fact that we made teams one-dimensional. You and I both yeah. know we watched these games. You know they were not running on us. No, I got you, Alan. And I, sorry, I got to move on. I appreciate Paul. I mean, I, I, I kind of – yeah, obviously you want to stop the run. The Eagles did stop the run on Sunday. Like they didn't get, they didn't lose that game defensively because they got run all over the place. They they lost the game because they gave up a lot of yards in the air. Um, and yeah, the defense hasn't played well. I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you they have. They haven't. Um, but I'm not ready to say five games in this the worst defense in in football and that this season's lost. I just think that's an overreaction. I I think it's kind of crazy. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four two one five. 592-9494. When we get back, we'll talk to Dan. Dan will be first up, and then we will talk a little bit about um, the end of the NBA season, which I'm sad to see end, uh, but a um, fourth championship for LeBron James and where he is in history right now. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. In a couple minutes, I do want to talk about some uh, the, the NBA Finals coming to an end. And LeBron James, who is one of the most underappreciated athletes, I think, in the history of sports. I really do. Um, the things that he has done are unprecedented. They are. And uh, I know a lot of older people, oh, they couldn't play back in the 80s or 70s, whatever. LeBron James would kick anybody's ass. LeBron James, if he played against Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, any of these, any of these guys would would dominate everybody he played. Um, and he is one of the best of all. He's 
without a doubt, top two of all time. I'll argue that with anybody. It's him and Michael Jordan. Nobody close. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. And an absurd statement by everybody's favorite. I don't even know if you can call him a coaching candidate because he never actually gets interviewed or considered for any jobs. Everybody uh, always wants Mark Jackson to get hired, apparently, but nobody ever even interviews him. So he can't be no. a legit. I guess you can't call him a legit candidate. No, there's like the only people that like want him to coach are like five percent of sports radio callers. <laughs> right. Like right. nobody like goes to games. Like is there... see him on TV. I hear that guy talking about basketball. Hire him. Yeah. Right. He's yeah, been I... a coach before. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like we know that we're good on that. Mark Jackson will never get a head coaching job again, and he shouldn't. No, he probably won't. Yeah. He just used the same terms ever. If I have to hear him say "Mama, there goes that man" <laughs> one more time, uh, he's he's terrible. He really is terrible broadcaster, terrible coach. And average player, I'd say. I, I told you Sunday, Mike Breen uh, stole one of your tricks. Yeah, he, he he used a lot of people are saying this. <laughs> yeah, he said many people picked the Blazers to beat the Lakers in round one. Well, the thing is, when I said there, people were saying that. Okay, I, I wouldn't say many people. Some people were. So, Mike, you know, I'm I'm really tired of your attitude tonight. You're being very. No, I was pra- I, I was praising you. Like uh, I was showing that like your broadcasting ways have you know, has reached know. Mike Breen. It seemed like a shot, personally. Look, it's not a tactic I'm personally a fan of, but you know if Mike Breen's doing it, you're big time. I'm on my way to calling the NBA Finals, I guess someday, <laughs> maybe to one five five nine two nine four nine four. But talking about the Eagles and why I am optimistic about this season, um, uh, Carson Wentz's play the number one reason. Um, he looked significantly better on Sunday. Significantly better. And the other issues, I think, can get corrected. It's so early in the season. I, people, you know, saying after five games, you're ready to tank, you don't want to go to the play. I mean, can we calm down a little bit? Like, the answer to everything is not always just tank and fire everybody. It's not. Let's, you know, have a little bit of patience, give this team a little bit of time, and... uh you know, see if they could turn this thing, this thing around. They certainly have time to do so now, as this Dak Prescott injury has pretty much, um, you know, barring any kind of catastrophe here. And if they don't make the playoffs, I'll be on board with those people saying that. Um, but this should be a playoff team now. There's really no doubt about it. Uh, let's go to Dan and Aston. What's up, Dan? Hey, good morning, Tom. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. Um, piggyback off you with the Wentz comment there. You know, I, I do agree. You know, as much as I was upset like every other Eagles fan yesterday with the loss, Carson didn't look terrible. I mean, compared to the first, what, two games, you guys you can call it three games, mm-hmm. he was almost, uh, you know, worst quarterback in the league. But after this Sunday, I mean, he's, he's making the proper reads. He's, he's attempting to get the ball downfield, and it's way more accurate than it was in the beginning of the season. Yeah, the, now, the one thing that does – Yeah, does no, no, Dan, me, the accuracy was a lot better. And, the, the, you know, he just looked – I don't know, more comfortable. He looked like he was yeah. he was kinda, you know, uh just more more into the flow of the game than he's been. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent there. The thing that, you know, kinda does scare me. I know it's been a topic today. I've been you know listening on and off all day is you know, the Zach Ertz and Wentz connection's not there anymore. You know, I don't know if it's because Goddard's not on the field or if there's some internal issue going on. Doug Peterson, he kinda brushed it off in his press conference today and he actually fumbled on some words, and he, he said something along the lines of, they will work it out. And it wasn't even talking about football, it seems like. It seems like there might be an internal issue going on. 
Yeah, Dan, I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's an issue between Wentz and Ertz personally. I, I, I think it's clear that Ertz is not happy with the organization. The fact that he hasn't gotten that contract extension that he wanted. Um, but I gotta, I gotta say, like, I think a large part of it could just be that Ertz is is a diminishing player. I mean, you, he's going to be thirty, I think, in a couple weeks here. Um, he's taken a lot of punishment over the years. Uh, and I think that could be part of the reason why he was so adamant about getting that contract um, when he wanted it before this season, because maybe he knew that his skills, you know, were starting to go away a little bit. He could definitely see down the field, and maybe that's why he's not as aggressive as he used to be, you know, going after passes that weren't the best ball, you know, putting his body out there. Now he's kind of like sitting back and reverting back to where he used to catch and fall to the ground. Right. But uh, the main point I did want to get to you, uh, the Nate Jerry play. I know uh, Gary play. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, it's his fault, this, that, and the other. A little bit of safety coverage. They were talking about how, uh, you know, safety should have been on, you know, that side of the field where Claypool was coming. And the thing that really bothered me today is everybody calling for Jim Schwartz. I don't understand how a fan can sit there and look at the Eagles defense, how they played on the, you know, the front line there. We understand we have injuries left and right. Schwartz is playing the cards he's dealt. You you can't force players to be athletes. I mean, we have I, – I, I don't know there's true statistic on it, but, you know, what, our linebackers are maybe top 30 in the league right now? I mean, I, I don't even know what number to put on them. We, we might have the worst linebacking court in the league. Probably you know, do. After yeah. injuries and everything else. Yeah, probably do, but, but this is the thing, Dan. I mean, Schwartz is very instrumental, uh, uh, you know, in choosing the players on that side of the ball. Like he is a large part of of picking the the linebackers and picking the guys and the personnel that he has, and I don't think Schwartz has done a good job this year. But firing Jim Schwartz today accomplishes nothing. Like I don't know. Like okay, you you fire Jim Schwartz, who are you replacing with? Uh, I mean, and I know you know uh, uh, there are names that people will typically say um, uh, that you know fans like, but. There's nobody that you're going to bring in now to replace Jim Schwartz. It's just not going to happen. And then, uh, you know, the last thing is I 100% agree. You know, just ride it out. We're, what, five games in? You know, it's it's beginning of the season. And we got time. And I think, uh, you know, with Dak's injury, unfortunate as it is, uh, it's time for the Eagles to tear it up. Yeah. But uh, appreciate everything, man. Nice show, and I'll be listening. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I think, I, honestly, I think this kind of makes things crystal clear now where – I'm not on the the train that the Eagles need this rebuild and they need, um, you know, to really change philosophically in the organization. There are things that they do need to change and they do need to improve on. But now I think it makes it clear: if you don't make the playoffs, then that that viewpoint is right, um, and they obviously would need to change a lot. Uh, you can't base it all on that, considering you're in a division where it should be relatively easy to make the playoffs. Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's an overreaction uh, five games into the year. And I was searching for, for a name there. Mike, how many calls? Uh, I didn't I didn't hear a ton on Monday. I wonder how many people called and suggested, get Seth Joyner in there. Let's get Seth Joyner to run this defense. He'll do things the right way. Eight men blitzing every play. Yeah. Did you hear any of those calls? Uh, I didn't hear any of it. Uh, I, I'm Fearful that you're right, though. That's oh, I'm sure. Probably dead. No I mean, doubt. The, the former defensive coordinators they have on their staff are Ken Flagel and uh, um, Matt Burke. 
And I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what, the, like, they're not the right. most inspiring names to me. And, and again, this is not a defense of Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz had a terrible game on Sunday. And he has not done a good job this year. I think his two worst games ever in Philadelphia have happened this season. The Rams game and the Steelers game. Mm. He, he got Saints dominated game. in both those games. Yeah, but I look at those other games, uh, you know, uh, what, what are you talking about? The Saints playoff game that Seth Joyner said that was a hard. No, game. no, they, they right. lost like forty eight. No, seven. I know, I know. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to yeah. send the house. Yeah, but um, those kind of games, like that game and the Dallas game last year, I look at those games and that's like that was a total team failure. But these ones were specifically the defense cost you these games. You know, like the defense cost you the Rams game. Uh, Wentz wasn't good either, but defense mainly cost you that game. Defense single-handedly cost you the Pittsburgh game. And I just thought they were game plans that were flawed. I just don't see what firing Jim Schwartz right now accomplishes. It doesn't get anything done. You don't have anybody to take over. You're just going to change your defensive scheme Mm -hmm. five games into the season. You just don't do that. Jim Schwartz, like if I were him and I heard you say, the defense single-handedly cost you this game. I would point out that the coach with the missed field goal, which is it's a turnover. You're begging for a turnover, a kick that had like basically no shot of going in. Would have been the longest in the stadium's history at 57. And the coach basically given putting the Steelers' offense at the 50-yard line. If I'm Jim Schwartz, I take issue with you saying the defense single-handedly cost the game. Well, I mean, the defense had given up 31 points at that point. Right. And, Mike, but, I mean— But if they, don't, if they don't screw up that decision and, like, what, give a free turnover, you, that changes the complexion of the, of the fourth quarter. But you're telling me you had confidence that if Elliott made that kick, they'd have gotten a stop? They weren't, weren't getting no, a stop. Uh, to me, it wasn't if Elliott's going to make it. He was going to miss it. Like, he was—I had no doubt he was going to miss it. I mean, it had the so, distance. It, he should have made it. In the NFL, you don't like that's that's a bad turnover to 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 put on your defense. You know, have to defend the a short field like that. I'm just saying that like it, it's not about confidence, lack of confidence. It's just that's not the only reason that they you know gave up 39 points. I can't put this game on the offense at all. I I don't put it on Doug at all. Like I, I'm I'm putting it on defense. I'm not. Yeah, you know, well, because you're looking at just one reason. Why well, I, I mean the defense is terrible. Like the offense they played well. They had a bad well. game. Yeah. I, I put the first few games on, like, Washington, and the defense could have been better against Washington, too. I put that predominantly on Wentz. Like, but, um, you know, the, the defense, I mean, you can't give up four touchdowns to a rookie receiver. All right, but do you think there's a chance where if the Eagles do the right thing and, and either, you know, pass to get the first down, which or, you know, my my preference, punt, and the defense has to cover— You wanted you know, to that, punt there? Yeah. Wow. That is a—, a uh, I I did that. If that, you, I mean, if you ask the defense or if you put the Steelers at like the ten yard line, let's just say, you know, it's I think they would have just gotten first downs around the clock. I don't. Think or the they would have, or they would have stopped them in field goal range. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles' defense was stopping anybody. Like that. That's why it, when I, you know, and hindsight's twenty twenty, but I was saying this at the time that I would have just gone for it because I thought you put your defense back on the field, you're losing that game. I thought the Eagles' best opportunity was to keep picking up first downs, keep running clock, and, you know, kick a field goal to win the game. Yeah, that's, that's a fair argument. Um, I would agree. It's just the kicking was the worst thing you could have done there. Um, I don't know if it's the worst, but it, it didn't work out. You're, you're, it didn't work You're out. handing the Steelers the ball at midfield. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think he thought Elliott would make the kick, and Elliott should have made the kick. Flawed logic. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it had the distance. It wasn't short. So if it was short, I'd be with you, but add the distance, 
Should have made the kick. Let's have a higher standard for our kickers here. 215-592-9494. We'll talk a little bit uh, about the NBA Finals when we get back um, and put a wrap on the uh, bubble. Um, after three months, they have completed uh, the uh, bubble experience. I do have a, a another bonus social media gripe that I'll give you next segment. So, uh, in, in regards to the bubble, so we'll do that next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Obviously, a lot of Eagles discussion tonight is a positive view on the birds as um, this is their division to lose now, and there is no reason why they should not be able uh, to go to the playoffs. If they don't, then I'll jump on board with everybody. Get rid of Howie. Um, Rebuild this organization, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're five games in, and this is a long season. I think the issues with this team can be corrected, and there is really no clear challenger to them in this division. Getting the playoffs, uh, we'll see what happens. But quitting on a season five weeks in, it's a massive overreaction. This team still has a an unbelievable opportunity in front of them. Dak Prescott injury is very unfortunate. Um, you hope he can recover well and, and be able to play football again. Um, but there's no doubt it opens an opportunity for the Eagles. So we've been discussing that. We'll get to the Dak stuff more next segment. Um, as Stephen A. Smith had an interesting take on it. Um, we'll get Doug Peterson's comments as well. Somebody who played the position and obviously has dealt with his own quarterback having injuries. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, in the next segment. But I do want to talk a little bit here about the end of the NBA season as the bubble has uh, come to a close. And uh, this is just a little bonus social media gripe for you. Um, And I'm not saying that this gripe is, uh, you know, a false thing that people are saying. It's it's real and it deserves applause. But uh, at the end of the game last night, and, Mike, this is where I, I wish you are on Twitter so you could see the tweets that I'm seeing. But everybody, like, who is in sports or associated with the NBA, everybody felt the need to get that tweet out there, you know, congratulating the NBA on finishing the season. Was Shefty one of them? Shefty? I didn't see Shefty on it. But um, that, that Kevin O'Connor guy, by the way, he's so annoying. He is awful. He's like too the ringer, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, his thing is like, I'm gonna be so happy about basketball all the time, and I, like that to me is annoying. He was that dope who was suggesting you got to do a World Cup style. It would have been so dumb if they had done anything like that, not just the playoffs as they were. But, but yeah, I didn't know that was him. That, that was not a good idea. Yeah, it was a terrible idea. But um. You know, and I agree they deserve to be lauded, but everybody's like, oh, what an unbelievable achievement. It was an unbelievable achievement, but, you know, everybody jumping on the bandwagon. Well, wait, it wasn't unbelievable. I mean, to have zero tests. In theory, it was pretty believable. Well, to have zero tests throughout this whole thing, zero positive tests, pretty. I mean, they couldn't keep it out of the White House, but they kept that out of the NBA bubble. It's pretty. Well, they they had a stricter policy. a better plan. Right. Well, (laughs) what does that say? Um, But we don't talk politics here on the show. Um, but uh, I, I congratulate the NBA. I did not send out a tweet, though, um, and I'm sure Adam Silver was very offended by that. Um, yeah, I was thinking, too, like how much Shefty must be loving this Titans thing. And the, uh, I don't think he's loving it. I mean, well, he, he didn't want them even playing, so yeah, he probably wants, he's yeah. probably glad that there's postponements. It validates his insanity. I don't, I don't believe 
that. I, I don't believe that. Um, but you don't think a little Parvin's proud of it? No, no, he's not proud of people getting sick. He wanted teams to draft quarterbacks in case their starting quarterback got coronavirus. Well, the Eagles did sign Josh McCown. I mean, they kind of did something mm-hmm. like that. Keep him. I distanced. just think they wanted him involved in the in the team meetings and discussions. All right. Well, so be it. Uh, um, uh, as far as the end of the NBA season goes, and the Lakers, it was such disappointing game six because I, I love the play. I thought the playoffs were great. Um, Mike, you got to take a tough beat on the Jimmy Butler thing. I mean, it was uh, Spike's been taking a beating on Twitter over Jimmy Butler. Well, what's the what did I say that was wrong? Well, you, I mean, you, you've been demeaning him this whole thing. You said he had no chance to beat the Bucks. That, that obviously. Yeah, I got wrong. you're right. I. You beat me up on that one, and I got that one wrong. I mean, they I don't took, know what else I said. They but. took the Lakers to within a game of the NBA Finals, two games of the NBA Finals. So, yeah, I, pretty I, impressive. I, look, I didn't say Jimmy Butler gets swept. All right, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe, uh, maybe I took you out of context there, or whatever. <laughs> but it was a shame to see Game Six end the way it did because the playoffs were so exciting, and the finals uh, were actually better than I expected, considering how beat up Miami was. And for Game Six to be just the dominant. Um, effort that it was kind of took the drama out of it a little bit. Um, But LeBron James wins his fourth title, wins his third MVP. He's the first player in NBA history to win finals MVP with three different teams. And how how does he only have three MVPs? But, well, no, never. Sorry. He four. Okay. But two of them came in Miami. So that, that was where I was mistaken there. Um, But, uh, LeBron James wins another title. And I know a lot of people hate LeBron, and that is not me doing the a lot of people whatever. A lot of people do hate LeBron. Um, and he is corny. There's no doubt. Uh, when he says after the game, give me some damn respect. Like, yeah. oh, he gets – Everyone respects you. You get respect. Um, you're not liked by everybody, but you get respect. And, um, you know, I just – I do think that people don't appreciate LeBron enough like I I think people respect him but and this happens a lot with when you're watching great players you don't appreciate it as it's happening but LeBron James is without a doubt top two of all time like it's him and Michael Jordan they are above everybody else I don't want to hear about you know the 60s and Bill Russell Will Chamberlain they're playing a bunch against a bunch of you know uh inferior competition they just were. This is the most talented the NBA has ever been. LeBron James, at, what, 35, 36 now, is in the best shape, as, in as good a shape as he has ever been in. And I do think he is underappreciated. You know, his work ethic is unmatched. The shape he's in is unmatched. Um, would you agree that he's underappreciated, Mike? No, but I'm willing to hear you out. That I mean, that's pretty much it. He's okay. just an underappreciated athlete. Like to go to what is it? Ten finals in eleven years now? Nine and ten years? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I, I it's think it's incredible. I think it's properly appreciated, though. Like I think it it gets mentioned like a, more than a fair amount of times. Um, I think every NBA consumer is well aware of you know that he's pretty much been in the finals for a decade straight. You know, minus the one year. But it's so hard I, to get there. Like how how do yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, we all like I don't. But like, who's? I guess what are an examples? Like, what is an example of like an NBA um, 
you know, consumer underappreciating him. Well, Howard was calling him a fraud at the end of a game where he had 40 points for passing to Danny Green. That's because he's doing a bit. <laughs> Tory Smith actually tweeted at Howard after the— uh, Oh, they had a long-running— Yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah. So— um, No, but I, I did want to—like, I forgot to—when you were talking about Butler, that game Friday night was just— like hats what a off game. to him. That was unbelievable. That was a great, that was such like, high level basketball. Oh yeah, and and like the the like I don't care that there were no fans there. I you know whatever. I, I obviously sports are better with fans. I don't think that's something that really even needs to be said. But the playoffs were great. Like it, it went. I would say for the NBA, this whole thing went about as well as it could have gone. Uh, I thought yeah. it was very entertaining. I agree the entire way through. Um, and we, we, me and Mike were talking about it and, you know, obviously as the bubble went on, you know, certain guys emerged that just, you never really knew too much. Uh, well, I guess you knew about them, but certain guys really improved their standing. So we're, we're going to do a little bubble draft here, um, of, you know, uh, guys that kind of had the best experience down in the bubble, not guys that necessarily went the deepest, um, but players that kind of improved their their standing in the league. Their stock. Yeah, their stock. Um, so what do you? We'll, we'll do a couple picks throughout the course of the show. You want to take the first pick here in the bubble draft, Mike? All right. So to me, the player that improved his stock the most, slightly ahead of Jimmy Butler, because Jimmy Butler was already an established star. I would say Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. That's a good one. That that was probably going to be my first pick too. Um, but Jamal Murray uh, did have a great bubble. Um, getting to the Western Conference Finals, very impressive. Um, and I'll take his teammate, Nikola Jokic. I'll take him, who I think now is unquestionably the best center in the NBA. Uh, do you want to take one more here, Mike? Uh, yeah, I have, couple, I have a couple more guys in mind. Okay, yeah, I'll do uh, Tyler Hero next. Take a Tyler Hero? Went from, what, eighth man to, like, the third best player on a finals team? Yeah. I'll take Damian Lillard, who was a big star before, but he uh, that – stretch that he had to get Portland in the playoffs was pretty impressive. Yeah, once he got hurt, it was just it was a waste of time, really. But yeah. he was, yeah, before that. I did want to mention, I teased this last segment. Did you hear Mark Jackson the other night, him and Van Gundy? I was trying to find the sound um, where I, I, I used to get annoyed by Van Gundy, but now I actually really like him. I like how he's such a crumb- like he's yeah, such like a miserable guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he like he's just a funny Pump looking guy. Your breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I really enjoy him. But they like they were having an argument the other night, and those two guys they just argue about like everything. Um, but Van Gundy was saying, you know, that it was a tough job to take with the Lakers, and uh, you know, getting that team to buy in and everything. And I see what he was saying, but. The lack of awareness from Mark Jackson was just amazing. Where Jeff Van Gundy is saying, yeah, it was a tough job for him to take over this job. And Mark Jackson just jumps in. It wasn't a tough job. He had two of the best players of all time. Coming from Mark Jackson, who couldn't get out of the second round with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, who then went on to go to five straight finals and win four of them. I just thought that was a stunning lack of awareness from one of the, or actually went three of them. Sorry. I was wrong about that. They lost the Toronto series. But, uh, Mark Jackson, just that guy's terrible. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Me and Michael complete our bubble draft later of uh, best guys in the bubble. Do you want the results of uh, our little five on five, or six on six? Oh, the thing we just stopped updating? Well, here's an update. Yeah, go ahead. You won. Nice. All right. Yeah. What was the final tally? Uh, 
2,156. Yeah. This wasn't very scientific. It was basically me and Mike just took a bunch of players and we added up the points. So I Yeah. Would... I mean, it came down to you had um, two nice. MB- your pick Sorry. of Butler. You had two two guys playing in the finals, AD and Butler. I only had LeBron. It's nice to finally beat you at something, Mike. You be, you seemingly beat me at all these contests. So I beat yeah. you at something. Uh, yeah, I mean, now if I were you, now would be a good time to congratulate me for picking the Lakers to win it all. Yeah, I did not. I picked the Clippers. So yeah. I guess you were right on that. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back, um, I want to talk a little bit about the fallout from this Dak Prescott situation. We'll play um, Doug Peterson talking about Dak. And also a take from Stephen A. Smith um, that I think is a, is is interesting. And this is, you know, the Dak situation with his contract, which is, uh, you know, the, the story that goes beyond just what we're seeing on the field and how it affects the Eagles. But um, the financial implications of this on Dak Prescott – are really bad for him, possibly. So we'll get to that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.